I'm strapped up. Nothing. What was that about? Let's make the fight happen. We strapped the fuck up. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 89 of Jumpsies and Podcasts. As usual, I'm your boy Cam. I'm your boy Flores. And just before we kick off this episode, my usual housekeeping message, please make sure you head over to our Instagram, that's Trap Season Podcast, or Twitter, it's Trap Season Pod. There's a link in that bio of both of those sites there. That's going to take you to all of our links in terms of where we're situated at, in terms of our links, whether you like to listen to your podcasts on audio, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or if you prefer visual, we've also got the YouTube channel up and running as well. So just hit, head to those two sites there, click on that link, and that has all of our links, so you can find us, like, subscribe, leave us with a good review, all that good stuff. But yeah, man, how, how are you doing? First and foremost, you good? Good, bro. I'm good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Exciting so, boxing to discuss. Yeah, see me, I'm tired as hell, but I always have energy to talk boxing, <laughs> as you know. Um, only one place to start. Uh, we had another mega fight come through in the weekend. Canelo versus Dimitri Bivol for WBA light heavyweight light heavyweight strap. Um, I think for me, I've seen the unthinkable happen. Happen. The unthinkable happen. Not Canelo losing, not that being unthinkable. That's not it. It's the fact that Canelo has lost a UD in Las Vegas, which to me was unthinkable. On Cinco de Mayo. On Cinco de Mayo weekend. Yeah. Cinco de Mayo weekend. Not even, not ST, not MD, full on UD on Cinco de Mayo in Las Vegas. That should tell you, listeners, the magnitude of what's just gone down and the level of performance that Dimitri, Dimitri Bivol has treated us with. Um, Flores, I remember you being very vocal and saying that you thought Canelo's going to lose this fight, but he won't lose it, if you know what <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Um, how surprised were you at the final reading of the scorecards? I I thought when it came down to it, there's no way they could they could do my man dirty. I thought there's no way that's so they they got to do the right thing. Yeah. Because so you, for me you, for you the performance was so good that it was just impossible to ignore this guy's good work. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the judges had had. had by the right thing, I mean, give it to the right man. They, yeah. they're, always, they're always going to do what they can to try and dress it up. They've yeah. done that. We've seen CJ Ross give a draw versus Canelo Mayweather. Yeah. He got cooked. Yep. So I thought maybe they might do a, a split decision or something. Something cheeky like that. Or a majority, like you said. Yeah. A UD, I was kind of surprised by. A okay. clean, clean sweep. Clean sweep. I think all three judges' scorecards were the same, actually. Uh, yeah. 115-113 um, Not great scores It's still controversy there because yeah, a lot of people were saying that that's still way too close than what it was but before we break this down obviously I, I do want to shout out to the judges even give them a little pat on the black back clap for them for doing the right thing because it should have been a UD it was, even though it was closer than what it should have been they still did the right thing and gave it to the better man Um 
Let's and get into it. Shout out Chris Maddox as well. Because <laughs> his scorecard was, yeah, his scorecard was actually, for once, pretty accurate. Well, well, yeah, better than, yeah. Um, I was surprised when I saw it. I was like, wait, wait, I'm agreeing. Am I agreeing with Chris Maddox for the first time ever? But yeah, let's get into it. Let's break this one down because obviously there's lots of breakdown and it's such a huge, huge development in the world of boxing a Canelo L. Um, yeah, man. Um, I think the old adage of uh, a good uh, elite little man versus elite, an elite big man, the elite big man should win bulk of the time. And I think that's exactly what we saw transpire on Saturday night. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I haven't seen Canelo like this before in a long, long time. Since Floyd. Obviously, his other, his other L. Well, Debatable L because to me, I feel like Canelo lost to Arizona Lara, but obviously that's a long debatable from back in the day. But yeah, man, in this fight here, size matters for a reason. Weight class, weight classes matter for a reason. Canelo, in portions of this fight, man, to me was getting beat up. I hate to say, I hate to say it. Canelo's my guy, I'm a big Canelo fan. I appreciate what he's done for boxing. But he was getting beat up in portions of this fight. Dimitri Bivol pulled out a boxing masterclass, yeah? Flows from the footwork down to the jab. There was portions where he wasn't even letting Canelo get in or find his range because the jab was so on point. And there were times when he was one walking Canelo down, sitting in the pocket with him and blasting, blasting him with combinations and, and then getting himself out of there. Um, this was apparent from the very, well, from the very first round you're seeing Bivol's game plan was to me use his footwork and use his jab stay 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 in his range control the distance and prevent Canelo from coming in and looking for those big heavy meaty hooks to the body or uppercuts and whatnot and what I was like from Bivol early days I was seeing was just his ability to control the distance bro and get in and get out every time when Canelo got in close he was able to use his Combat superior combinations and then uses superior footwork to get out of harm. And Canelo couldn't really, you can see he was getting a bit perplexed and befuddled in terms of how to solve this because before basically just wasn't letting him be him. We, we're very used to seeing Canelo walk down opponents, head movement and bully them with big shots. Bivol wasn't having none of that. None of that whatsoever. And if you notice as well, when if Canelo was able to find a little bit of success on the inside, and might even touch Bivol, Bivol will reply back instantly with a harder, faster combination <laughs> just to suck out any momentum that Canelo has just gained. Um, Bivol. Yeah, sorry. It was, it, was, it, was just, it was just unbelievable from Bivol. Honestly, what a performance boxing-wise. Um, yeah, what, 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 what were you seeing in there that he was doing well, obviously, apart from obviously the footwork and the jab, which we saw was really good? He went out shouting last episode that Bivol was cold and I just yeah. can't see Canelo doing this to Bivol. Like, the walk down. Spoke, and I said, yeah. if, if Canelo walks down, Bivol beats him up, chops it down, I'm knocking off the fight. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't watched it anymore. Because <laughs> I, I, I can't envision that. And mm. the reason is, I said last episode, he's he's a smart fighter. He yeah. does what he needs to do. He's one of those ones, like we talked about Andre Ward, we talked about yeah. um, Tyson Fury. If you don't like me boxing the movement, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to control the distance with my footwork defensively, I'll, I'll get away from you when I need to. 
And yeah. offensively, I've stepped to you when you want to back away, when you want to have a breather. Yeah. When you, and he was doing smart things like that. When he'd, when Canelo would lean on the ropes and try and invite him in after he a bit more to the conversation. <laughs> but uh, was like, nah, I'm going to stay right here. I'm not, I'm not doing what you want me to do. I'm staying right here and I'm going to get off my work in my time. If you want to chill, cool, chill. Do you know how many times in this fight Canelo tried to bait this guy in by chilling on the ropes? This is this is one of Canelo's bread, bread and butter. Him just chilling on the ropes, trying to bait the fighter in. They could, and then, like yeah, and then Canelo would, yeah, and he would turn it on them and then bang them out. Before just went, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to stay here. I'm longer than you, so I'm just going to keep mm-hmm. finding you. I'm going to keep finding you with the jab. I'm going to come in. And there was even one point, I think, oh, which round was it? I think it was one of the later rounds where Canelo's then tried to, obviously, the baits failed. The play impossible has failed. So he, Canelo's then tried to step to him. Bivol's caught him for count the left shot straight away. <laughs> count, count the, I think it was a count right hook straight away. Canelo was like, you saw he was just deflated because like he tried to spin it on him. But Bivol's very wise. You can see that this is a smart boxer in there. Just the IQ is high for this entire fight. He did not let Canelo get off what Canelo usually does nope. at all. The bully tactics Canelo likes to do, he was not able to do it. And it made it even worse that Bivol was then able to flip it and become the bully. Yeah. Put Canelo down. <laughs> it's, when he, it's when he needed to. It's when Canelo was tired yeah. or when Canelo was breathing or when Canelo would try yeah. something, miss, yeah. I want to get out. Bivol stepped right to him. He's yeah. right in front of you. You yeah. want to take a backward step? I'm on to you. Yeah. And it's just genius boxing. It's like mm. just controlling the distance, controlling the pace of the fight. You see when... Um, Canelo was trying to get him to the ropes and go to the body and land the uppercuts on the inside, try to find yep. the inside. Yep. Bivol would spin up, pivot yep. out, and go right back to the centre of the ring and would start going off, working off the jab again. Yep, yep, yep. Masterful. This, 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 this is boxing. No, no, folks, this is boxing. Masterful, right. beautiful, artwork. What, what were we telling people from time? Not even last episode, from time. Oh, that we Bivol's saying, cold. He's, he's hard. We told you Canelo has no business seeing Bivol and Batavia. He has no mm-hmm. business. Yeah. Like, like, listeners, this ain't something new. We've been saying it for long. Like, when pundits, boxing pundits, analysts, fighters were saying, oh, yeah, we want to see Canelo at 175 versus Bivol. We were like, no. From time. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I remember that pod when we discussed this, and both our, we were, like, outraged. Like, we really don't want to see this. this, this no. He, he, we said he has no business being at 168. Remember, we said that. We said even 168 is dumb. So for him to do 175, I'm not trying to see it at all. I'd rather see him fight the Andres, etc., etc. Leave light heavies to the actual light heavies, the monsters. They've got, they've got elite fighters there, and this is an elite fighter. And because, obviously, that the light heavy division isn't as glamorous or isn't as publicized as these other divisions, you've got a lot of casual... Not even just casuals, I can't lie. Not just casuals, actual boxing heads who should know yes. boxing are showing their ass. I can't lie, have Bro. shown their ass during this entire build up. I mean, I'm not exposed. I'm seeing, I'm seeing boxers tweet stuff like pro boxers tweet stuff like, "Oh, I, I didn't do my homework on Bivol. I didn't really know about him." Blah blah. Like come super on, fans, boxing experts, people on, tweet man. boxing all day saying, "Oh, yeah. they didn't know about a, a champion." A light heavyweight champion. They said they didn't do their homework on him. An undefeated light heavyweight champion, by the way. He's, he's beaten multiple Americans. Facts. He's beaten current champions. Facts. He's beaten former champions. Jean Pascal got that work. Yep. 
Joe Smith Jr. has been swapped. Don't forget, he was a decorated amateur too. So he's he's not a secret. <laughs> <laughs> he, he ain't no secret out here. Biv, like, this you is should, your gun. Fam, you should know who Dimitri Bivol is. I'm sorry. So, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about yeah, the we'll get, talk we'll between, get between the well, Bivol, et cetera, et cetera. But back to the performance from him. I'm there watching, because obviously you're seeing something this is which we rarely see, right? A mega frustrated Canelo. By rounds, by the middle rounds, you can see he was super frustrated and looking tired as well. Um, all his usual tactics were just not working. Bivol wasn't buying it. And then Bivol was also kind of beating him up. Canelo's inside game, which is usually very, very good. He was losing the inside game badly as well. Every time they came close quarters, Bivol was the one that was beating him to the punch, catching him with counter shots, etc., and then pressing it on him. There's so much so that Canelo's retreating. I haven't seen Canelo retreat like that for a long time. Um, yeah, man, it was just masterful. And I was there thinking to myself, okay, Canelo's known for being a vicious body puncher. I mean, maybe he can try and lean on that. But if you notice, well, Bivol's defense was so elite in terms of how he's able to tuck in with his hands. You, box... Obviously, different boxes, different body types and whatnot. But Bivol is very fortunate to have a body where, because he's got long arms, when he sort of covers his body, and he's got he's got like quite like a lean torso. He's actually his arms actually able to able to cover his entire torso. Usually, when he like you know puts his hands up and whatnot. So a lot of the body work that Canelo was trying to do, even though it looked damaging and hurtful, the way Bivol's arms are set up and his body, his arm placement around his body, a lot of those body shots were just hitting elbows. So Canelo wasn't even able to get that off either. Um, his head movement, like I said, the footwork defensively, superb. Canelo struggled to land cleanly all fight. They were put, I think there was a couple of rounds, one or two rounds where he had successes, I guess, and I could oh. give him those rounds. But he lost the bulk of the rounds. I mean, I don't know if I gave him more than three, you know, three or four yeah. rounds, yeah. max. Um, Just on yeah. Bivol's high, because it's a high guard. It's a high guard, but he's but able to cover, yeah, everything. So you, you can't even get off your jabs. You can't. So Canelo was trying to throw yeah. hooks around the guard. That's what yes, he, he was back he was. That's yeah. where he was. He was kind of catching him. But even then, it was it was catch gloves. He's, he's got good. He's got good club payments. He's able to yeah. move and sort of adjust it on the fly. Mm. Whilst don't forget either walking forward or pivoting away. Yeah, <laughs> which is it's, which. This is this is bro. This is high level boxing here. High level. Well, we boxing, know this. Like we know this about. Yeah, we, yeah, we knew this. We, <laughs> and even when like. Canelo was no slouch as well. You got to remember, um, he was he was trying he was trying things. He was trying to go for the uppercut in there when, yes. when the body shots were landing. Yep. He was trying to sneak in a few uppercuts, and he was getting some success with some of the shots he was trying. Yeah. And to Canelo's credit as well, Bivol's usually a much stiffer jabber than we yeah. saw. His jab is a lot more accurate. Yeah. Well, more, pi- more, more piston like normally. Yeah. More piston like, yeah. more accurate. Yeah. This one it was more like he weren't able to. Use his jab cleanly, but so yeah. he was using it as a rangefinder almost. I was gonna say, yeah, literally, it was literally just a rangefinder. That was it. Yeah. So we've seen Bivol jab better than he's jabbed this time up. But you yeah. know, Canelo's got great head movement. Yeah. He's hard. He's someone who's hard to jab cleanly. Yeah. We see people complain about how hard he is to jab, but yeah. Um, so credit to Canelo there. It wasn't, it wasn't like an easy fight for Bivol. He yeah. had to make Bivol think as well. Um, I think what you could see as well. I mean, obviously, we highlighted this, how Canelo's literally 5'7", small middleweight. The height, I mean, the size difference was so apparent. Um, do you remember that round where Canelo was actually trying to push Bivol 
Like he was trying to push him. Yeah. And people were moving. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That. Peak. I said this peak, yo. <laughs> You could physically see Canelo trying to maneuver him around, and Bivol was not even budging. I said, "Yeah, Canelo, get your ass back down to the lower weights, man. This, this, this these, these are big, big guys." And Bivol's not even like the big, like I mean, he's obviously big, but he's only like six foot. He's not like he's, six, he's two, not six, three. Yeah, like, he's not big like heavyweight. He's yeah, like, like heavyweight. But Batavia is bigger than him. Callum Smith, who's in the division, is, is ranger and tall and bigger than him. Like he's not like Craig Richards a, was bigger than him. Yeah, he's not like a huge, huge light heavy. So you mm. see the way Canelo is physically struggling against this guy. Imagine him against a Batoria, for example, who is actually big. Yeah. Um, Bivol could compete at 168, really. Intrigued. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But still, he's, he's, he's not. He's at 175. Yeah, reason. yeah <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, yeah, see, seeing that, I'm just seeing, I'm saying, wow, this difference. As we said before, man, it all, I, I love what Canelo's been doing. Moving up the weight classes, challenging himself, chasing greatness, legacy, etc. But eventually, you're going to run into a weight class where you just physically you can't overcome it. As good as you are, you just don't have the physical tools to require, you know, to overcome what's put in front of you. And um, we we see it now. One seventy five is that clearly. Um, yeah, it's not on. just that. It's not just that. You got deep. He's not because. We, we had that episode where we said, can we even call this a cherry pick? Because when he went into a fight with Kabu, yeah. because he's he's going after champions in weight classes. And yeah. for me, you can't call it, he's not like he's just going up and fighting uh, the, the number 10, people outside the top 10. Yeah. He's going up and fighting champions. Yeah. So he can move up at 175 and fight someone he can easily beat. I'm sure there's someone he can easily beat who's yeah. not in the top 10. Uh, he's going up and fighting the elite, it's crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. No tune up. <laughs> no tune up. You're just no tune up. I'm going straight for the champion. And he's fighting like he's fighting frequently as well. He's fighting three times a year, damn near. Oh. So so yeah, it's 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 crazy what he's doing. And I really appreciate it. But um and to me, this isn't a this isn't a bad loss to me. Is it just uh, reality? It's just yeah. Credit, in fact, more credit to him. Like as you said, no tune up, he's gone straight for one of the killers. See, I rate that. I rate that. And it's just, yeah, just reality that you just can't. This is a different physical level, different ball game in terms of physicality and eliteness. A big, a good, an elite big fight will always be, be an elite, elite small fire for, for the most part. That's it, really. That's it. Simple. I'm just glad that we don't want to talk about this pub because we said he has no business doing this. That doesn't yeah. make sense. I don't yeah. want to hear it. I don't want to see it. We both, we've both been screaming this for a long time. Yeah. Boxing experts were saying someone who's for a 154. When did you, you know what weight you fought Mayweather? 152. Yep. Granted, that was when, like nine years ago. Or so yeah. But still, Golovkin's been at 160 all that time. Yep. <laughs> not moved. Hasn't up. budged. Hasn't budged. Yeah. So you're telling me he's gone for 152 and now he's fighting at 175. Yep. That's not that shouldn't be happening. Yep. That shouldn't even be allowed. That shouldn't even be contemplated by boxing yep. experts saying, Yeah, we want to see him at 175 now. When he's he's gone from 150. To 160 for someone he was meant to lose to. Yeah, he moved up to fight Golovkin. Yeah, he's moved beyond him. Yeah, unified 168, crazy, yeah. and now he's at 175. So after, if he won, you would you might would have been saying cruiserweight and yeah. heavyweight next. They've been saying cruiserweight. I mean, crazy. Well, T. V. been entertaining cruiserweight himself, to be fair. But yeah, they've they've said yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, Usyk talk, etc. Um, 
Canelo obviously was very gracious, gracious in defeat. You know, he said, yeah, the better man won tonight. And he said once again, I'm daring to be great, you know, in boxing. You win and you lose. I, I like, I really liked Canelo, how he handled the loss, his response. It shows he's a true champion. And he shows that, to me, he, lo- he loves, he lives and breathes his boxing team. And he really is about what, you know, trying to chase legacy, etc. Um, Obviously, shortly after the fight, they announced, obviously, he, Canelo apparently has exercised a rematch clause for this. So he wants to take another crack at him, which obviously has implications down the line regarding the Golovkin fight, because that was set, that was penned in for September, I believe. Subject to him winning this Bivol fight here, the third Golovkin fight. But obviously, because he's exercised that rematch clause, I think that's obviously put us, you know, spanning the works for that. Um, I don't want him to do the rematch, but I know it's pride and money, obviously, and he clearly feels that he can beat this guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Someone like Bivol might just have his number, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd rather he didn't take the rematch clause, but it's done now, if you ask me. But um, I, I don't think he will take the rematch. Um, I saw his the post fight press conference, and he, he said he felt he won, that he maybe lost four or five rounds, which, yeah, he needs to watch it back because, <laughs> yeah, you maybe won four rounds max. Um, I don't think you'll take it. I don't think he should. Like, it's, I still hold the same sentiments. Did Michael Benson time. come and say that he they exercised it, his team? Or... I, I don't think he's, no, I don't think so because oh, they need to. I thought I saw that. Out the details. He said he said in the post fight interview that he wants to rematch. I don't think okay. he's been exercised oh, okay. or something. Oh, right, okay. Because they, they still need to sit down at the table and mm. plan and discuss. So I don't think. I don't want it to happen. I don't yeah, think. I don't, I don't want it to happen. Yeah. He lost candidly. Um, yeah. He seemed he seemed like he ran out of ideas in the latter rounds. Um, yeah, so I think I'll be more interested in seeing him fight a Golovkin next, um, just because he looked human again. I would have been very annoyed if he. I would have. We both said we would ask questions if he won this fight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but he has no business in this division, and I don't want him to just keep entertaining it. Move back down. Know know your limits. You found a ceiling. Yeah. No point in a rematch. And it's crazy he even has a rematch clause as a challenger, but it's Canelo. So. It's Canelo. You just, he, he, does, he does what the hell he wants. You know this. Um, yeah. I just want to get you put out there as well. You know, obviously you saw, I saw a bit of like questions a lot. Yeah, was Canelo ill, etc. What was the reason for his flat performance? None of that. Just, just credit Dimitri Bivol. Bivol made him look, as you said, human in that sense. You know, it's just a wonderful performance from Bivol who neutralized everything that Canelo is used to doing. And what we normally see him doing, simple. I'm not trying to see any like, you know, whether he was okay or was he injured, etc. Let's just give credit to the better man. Um, speaking of future Canelo opponents, obviously now I guess we got to talk about it. Um, yeah, man. As you know, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of these people have shown their ass. I think during this entire Canelo Bivol build up and you know the usual names are still getting thrown about, and I'm still I'm seeing stuff like. Oh, now we see why he ducked Charlo and Benavidez, and you know, oh, Charlo and Benavidez now have leverage when they fight Canelo. Like, oh, it it's actually pissing me off now. <laughs> it wasn't pissing me off before, but now it generally is annoying me because what have Char- as we said at this pod, Flo, if I, I might let Flores, I will let you take it away because I know this this has been irking you for a long, long time. But what have these men done to deserve a shot at Canelo? What have they done for you to think they beat Canelo? Like, really, what have they done? I, I, last episode, I told you, Bivol is beating 
everyone you're listing to face Canelo. He's yep. beating all of them. Charlo, he's cooking him. He's stopping him. Yep. <laughs> he's stopped. Benavides, he's beaten. Triple G, he's beaten. Yep. You, Spence, <laughs> he's too little. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> he's too little. <laughs> but none of them are moving to 175 and doing anything to um, Bivol. And you, you want to call Bivol a cherry pick. A cherry pick gone wrong, they, they were saying. So, so, so nah, it would actually fix me. <laughs> <laughs> a cherry pick gone wrong. That, all right, he's not a Euro bum. How can it's they like, say... That's how you know you don't, you don't know boxing. How could you... Yeah, no. Nah, how can you claim he's ducking Charlo and Benavides to fight Dimitri Bivol, who's three times... Ten times a harder fight than these, man. Nah, man. It's, 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 it's a joke. And it's... Yeah, the takes I'm seeing, like... What in your right mind makes you think Jamal Charlo can beat Canelo? Or Bivol, for that matter. What in your mind... What in your, in your right mind thinks he can do this? That you well, see. He just went life and death with Montiel. With Montiel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's talk about, yeah, if we talk about resumes, who has he beat to prove that he can fight on the caliber? Canelo's taken out. How many How many champions has Canelo beat now? Must be like eight in a row or something. Bear, bear, bear champs he's taken out. Come on, man. Danny Jacobs was saying commentary. Charlie, Charlie ain't even seen him. Use, Danny Jacobs. <laughs> use your brain. Oh, How man. many champions has Benavides been, been, been taken out? I don't think he's taken out one. I swear he was gifted the title. Benavides ain't ready, man. I'll be so wrong. I like, <laughs> what's annoying is I actually like Mark and I like David Benavides. And it's making me... I don't want to say hate them, but <laughs> I, I, I'm like... I'm low-key like, wanting him to lose now because it's like just a short proof of point. Agendas and that. Well, if they fight him now, they both lose. Yeah. Charles Benavides is still young. But every time I've watched Benavides, I'm not watching him thinking, yeah, I'm super impressed. Yeah. I feel thinking he's got a long way to go. I think mm. the talent's there. No, I think, he's, I think he's talented, for sure talented. Yeah, the talent's there, but the, the raw fight, the was frustrating him early on. Mm. The was frustrating him early on, making him look, look normal. But, but, that the skills, the skills <laughs> he weren't displaying, he was, he was making him look a certain kind of way. So, yeah, if, if you're, Obviously, you stopped the rail, but if you're struggling with the rail slightly, then I ain't gonna, I, I ain't gonna say you're gonna walk down and beat up Canelo. Yeah. So that's just my, my take on it. They need to show me. I need to see a performance where I'm thinking, yeah, now you're ready. Now you can do it. But yeah, I think I think Canelo washes their man. Bevel washes their man. Yeah. Simple. If they it's fight simple. now, it's a wrap. No, these 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 Charlo Benavides takes have got to stop. They have to have to stop. It's it's it's, it's a joke. You're, and you're like I said, you're showing that you don't read no boxing or you don't pay attention to boxing. And as as we mentioned earlier as well, all the discourse about who Bivol was, you should be knowing who Dimitri Bivol is. Um, and again, no shame in Canelo losing to this man. Canelo's dope. Bivol's dope. He's fighting at 175. Simple. End of. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm not trying to hear it. I'm not trying to hear those takes. What you proposed before, Charlo and Benvia should fight, and then the winner should then fight. I think you said they, they got to fight someone else afterwards before they get a shot at Canelo. Yeah, them man should do something. Stop waiting around. They've been waiting around for time. Oh. For time, they've been waiting around, just chilling. Even the next fights aren't worthy of saying. Yeah, 
they need to start stepping up. Is, is the real deal. I still yeah. want to see David Benavidez v Caleb Plug. Yep. That's been brilliant for four or five years. Um, Charlo, we've not seen one fight that we've called on. <laughs> we've not seen one. So I, I need to start seeing them fight each other. I, I've said this ages ago. These guys need to work their way to the top of the mountain. They need to start. All roads lead to Canelo. Canelo's been going around picking off people. He needs to start chilling. Right now, you, you might have to work your way to come see me. And they should be on it. They should be on it because all now, all now, I ain't seen any of them call out Bivol. Yeah. Like, you know, you, <laughs> when Cambosis won, everyone was on to Cambosis. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's because they didn't everyone... wait, my man. <laughs> <laughs> but now, you said, ah, uh, I've seen Canelo losing the people calling out Canelo. Yeah. Or they calling out Golovkin. <laughs> no one's no one's calling that before yeah so yeah uh, that's how you know that they know themselves they want the payday yeah they ain't really on mixing it and working their way to the top they on taking those chances yeah so I think that's clear to see 100% clear to see um but yeah um for you this this loss does it get anything for Canelo in your eyes in terms of it's him he's, he's probably he's too big to fail at this point so even if he chops a loss to, to Bivol, unless you're super casual, he's now thinking, oh, yeah, see, this is why, et cetera, et cetera. This loss to Bivol shouldn't be too unexpected. Or you, it's not something that can, you might say, oh, Canelo's on the decline. No, 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 not at all. I don't think he's on the decline at all. He just lost to the better man of the night. A man that was bigger than him and probably more skilled than him. It happens, simple. But Canelo's going to be back. And he's gonna be back to what it ways. We know this. It's it's Canelo, so yeah. I'm not worried personally. Um, I tweeted Canelo should go back to 160. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've been seeing a lot of bad takes. People saying, "Ah, oh, Canelo's on the decline. He's not as good as he we thought he was." Come on, um, man. people putting it down to the vegan diet. But yeah, a lot of bad takes. Just yeah, like, yeah. Canelo's been exposed, and Canelo's washed and all this and that. And I'm like, you lot, oh, weird man. You were just yeah. saying Bivol was a cherry pick and who the hell is Bivol and uh, why is he fighting Benavides and Charlo? Now, uh, Canelo's not good enough. So It's nasty. Uh, it's too many agendas. Bro, this fight here was a risk with him try- daring to be great, a risk that no fighter should take. Mm-hmm. No fighter should take it. But Canelo being Canelo and being on this hunt for greatness, that the likes that we haven't seen in a long time, I mean... You usually do this when you're almost like washed and you're finished and you just move up to take big money fights. Yeah. Like Roy Jones Jr. has moved for a heavyweight, which is yeah. <laughs> crazy. Uh, B-Hop has done things like this. Can, can uh, I just say as well, that, yeah, I was going to mention those two. Good you mentioned those two because, yeah, I was, gonna, I was literally going to use them as an example. Once again, it's highlighting with the light heavy division is no joke because Roy Jones, after dominating middleweight or yeah, whatever, he, he moved up to light heavy and he, he got he got he got knocked out. <laughs> B Hop after that, what B Hop was what unified middleweight champion. He moved up to light heavyweight. He lost. Like it's it's not a joke, Tim. It, it's not it's not it's not easy. <laughs> and if you're going off history, you should learn those lessons. That yeah, you don't do that. You yeah. really don't. Can they it, really, it, to... it truly is daring to be great. Sorry, yeah. but it is. And yeah, he fell short this time. He's already achieved enough greatness as it is. Um. But yeah, I would like for him to return back to the to the lower weight classes and just compete around there. Um, I, for, I, for me, the real fight like heavy is I want to see obviously Bivol Botobiev. I see that obviously Botobiev is fighting in June. 
against Joe Smith Jr., who's the other champion in the division. If Vitovio ever wins, which I'm expecting him to, he'll have three of the belts. The real big fight now to make it light heavy is Vitovio Bivol for the undisputed. If they can get that over the line, that's great. And then maybe one of our British dons can come true and try and you know take the crown off the winner. Uh, I don't know if that's happening anytime soon, though, but... <laughs> they're going to wait them that out. <laughs> Bro, that's, I, said, I said that last year. I said yeah, last year. I said last year, wait for these two Russian monsters to dip. Then hopefully our British dons can, can dominate because they're, 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 look, those two are scary. <laughs> Bro, it's funny because I'm seeing people saying, ah, Spider Richards' performance against Bivol was... Yes. I don't... I had to watch it better because even at the time, I was like, what? <laughs> I, I remember at the time watching it. Spider was competitive, was competitive, put on a spirit of the performance, but you yeah. lost down there every round. Yeah, yeah. So, they, he got they better as the fight went on. I remember that as well. He got, he got, he was, to me, he was getting quite washed in the first portion of the fight. Towards the last seven, of the fight, eight rounds. Yeah. Towards the last couple of rounds, he sort of found his groove a bit and made it a bit more competitive. But yeah, Bivol, I think by that point, I think Bivol even stepped a foot off the gas a little bit. Like oh. he, he got like eight rounds in the bank. So he was like, all right, cool, I've got this. So yeah, we just said these guys need to, the, the domestic scene needs to start mixing it in with each other. And then we yeah. can see who's ready for them, man. But yeah, yeah. Canelo, go back to fight the Andres. <laughs> um, I'll fight Chuck. Canelo. No, I was thinking of the Cambodians. He said, you need, move up. Canelo, you need to move up. Canelo, you need to move down. You need to move down. He's He's down, brother. Like, go back to 160 for real. Like that's that's <laughs> where we want to see you fight. You, you, Andre, triple, however you want to do it. These men will move up to you. Fight at 160 if that's what you feel comfortable. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All the fights yeah. at 160, they can move up and see you. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's been super active. He can even retire soon. Yeah. Like, he can even retire soon. He's he won't fights as a he lost game. teenager. But, yeah, yeah, 15. Yeah. What, 60 fights in? <laughs> Joke, joke. That's yeah. a lot of mileage. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. Let's 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 leave that Canelo subject there. Um, yeah. Once again, shout out to Dimitri Bivol. Um, you did that. I want to shout out the judges as well because I remember thinking there's no way in hell that we said they're giving it to a, a, a UD a decision to against Canelo or sick of the buyer. Yeah, who's a Russian. <laughs> <laughs> a Russian fire like there's no way yeah. but they done it so shout out the judges even though your scorecards were bogus slightly yeah okay cool yeah shout out to Dimitri Bivol once again alright then next next topic uh, we've already mentioned one Charlo brother but this coming week the other Charlo Charlo Younger Mel <laughs> is a <laughs> is in action and again it's an undisputed fight that i feel like has gone slightly under the radar um but yeah charlo castaño 2 obviously the first one ended in a split draw i believe it was um so yeah they've got this rematch over the line and yeah like i said it's, it's i feel it feels like this has gone under the radar flows but it's it's a really good fight i mean the first one was was a good fight um two very different styles um, but I enjoyed the fight at the time. Uh, I'm intrigued to see how this one goes because if I remember correctly, I, I need to rewatch the first one again because I haven't run it back since. 
I feel like the general consensus was that Castanio might have got robbed. Well, not robbed, but it was a close fight, but they felt like Castanio did enough to take it. Ooh. And Charlo was fortunate to see, to get the draw result. Um, and I think I remember at the time, I thought that like Castanio did take it. I think he did enough to take it, but it was quite close in portions. And yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the easiest, I guess, fight to score in that sense. But yeah, man, um, what, what are your thoughts for this one in terms of, I guess, a winner or how you think he'll play or what Charlo must do to get the W over Castanio this guy? Because, hey, Castanio's a problem. Let's not forget that. He's... He's really good. Yeah, um, he is. Um, I think the, the thing we've seen with Mel, at least, is that he's been able to make adjustments. Um, we've seen that in the past with him. But yeah, I, I felt, I felt, I think I've had it scored a draw. You know, I think I scored it a draw the yeah. first time round. It was close the first one. Yeah, it was close, but I, I couldn't see how Mel won. Yeah. I just think he needs, he needs to. I can't, I can't even remember how he was boxing too tough last night. I'll tell you I, I remember Castanio was on to him. He was, I'll tell you I remember. Mel was, pressure. Mel, yeah. So we know what Castanio comes with. It's that same st- high pressure on your yeah. chest, high work rate, high energy. He boxes like an Argentine, to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Charlo was on the back foot a lot. And he, he weren't throwing enough, was he? He, won't, he Yeah. He was a bit yeah. inactive with his punching, I guess, because of the pressure. But I think it's one critique I've had with, with Mel. I feel like he has the gifts, obviously athletic gifts and whatnot, and the size to be more dominant in there. If you remember his fight against Rosario, it was quite similar. Rosario was the one walking him down and backing yeah. him up. And obviously the stoppage was really weird. It was like a jab to the stomach. Rosario, Rosario went, took a dive, man. That's what he <laughs> <Yeah>. was. <laughs> Bro, that was the weirdest stoppage. But you know what I mean? Like Mel, I think sometimes has too much of a tendency to be happy to be on the back foot and be passive. And... I think for me that was that was um, evident in the first Castanio fight at first, where instead of him being a bit more aggressive and taking center ring and trying to control the distance and dominate with his jab, he was too con- happy to let Castanio come to him, and he was on the back foot against the ropes, for example, and that's going to play into what Castanio is good at being on your chest, high pressure, high work rate. So, I think for me, what needs to change is Charlo just be Charlo needs to be more dominant with this one in this one. But, you know, don't let yourself be lulled into just being on the back foot most of the time and being a bit passive. You you try and command center ring. You try and, you know, find the range of your jab and push Castanio back if you can. As the bigger man, as you really are, you know, use your size, use your gifts. You're probably more athletic and, you know, quicker, you know. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like, for me, that's what Charlie needs to do. Those are the keys for Charlie to get this victory or get the victory over the line. Um because Castanio is going to come with the same thing. We know what Cass- like, Castanio is not going to change it up. He's going to come with that high pressure, high energy, high work rate onto you. Um, so Charlie just needs to be a bit more savvy in that sense, I think, in terms of being able yeah. to get this. I, I remember I remember the fight now. It's come, mm. All come flooding back. Charlie was chilling <laughs> on the ropes a lot. And a lot. Castanio get, get his working on the inside and beat them up on the inside. And he was yep. trying to clinch and posture. And he, he worked for he worked for his jab and he I, weren't being active enough. And the times when Charlo did throw, and you know, the, and he, had, he, he, looked, he looked sick. He like he looked yeah. like he was worrying. I think there was even one point where he actually caught Kasai with a good shot. And actually, I think they both he walked, he walked they, him twice. Yeah, he walked him twice. Yes, and I hurt yes. him badly. And I mean, Charlo is going to be the more powerful one in there, as we know. So the times when he actually let his hands go and asserted his dominance, he looked really good. So for me, if he just does that a bit more this fight, 
his should come away with a W. But again, Castaños don't want to play with. You can't take this Chris Burrow lightly. He's, def- I mean, I say he's, def- I mean, he's small. He's he's like five six, five seven, short, yeah. squat, stocky, strong, like almost like a pit bull. So I know he's gonna be onto him. So yeah, I hope Charlo's ready. Yeah. Question marks over his preparation for me. <laughs> you know, so about certain fights looking a bit drunk, but hey, I, I hope he's prepared well for this and he's not taking this. To be fair, he won't. That first fight, yeah. he, he knew what obviously this guy was about from that first fight. So yeah, for me, I want Mel to be a bit more aggressive. That's it, really. That's that's what I want to see. I feel yeah. like I'll put him over the line. And at least you just book smart. Uh, I'll, I'll remember now. Stay in the middle of the ring. For one, use your footwork, stay in the middle of the ring, and use the jab. Like this yeah, guy is simple. He's use five the seven. Jab. Yeah, <laughs> literally what Bivol done to Canelo. Yeah, yeah. Use the center of the ring, stay off the ropes, and um, and box. Try and box. Derek James is his coach, right? Yes. <laughs> what are you moving for? <laughs> um, good, good trader. He is. He is. He is. He's a good trader. Obviously, yeah, we see what he does with Spence. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, they know what they need to do. They they can look at that fight and say, "This is what we need to do." I think yeah. Castano will do the same thing. Will bring the same fight. Yeah. I think it's it's Mel who has to make certain changes. And that's just staying off the ropes, being active, yeah, and being authoritative with the jab and and with letting letting his right guy hand go off, off that jab. Simple keys um, to victory for me. Sets, using using that to set up shots rather than just unloading at random times. Um, yeah. Um, if Charlie unifies. And well, no, not unified. If Charlie wins this, it becomes undisputed. Obviously, wonderful achievement. He's already achieved a lot in his career. Um, naturally, I'm guessing, obviously, the natural port, natural port of call will be, for, uh, will be for him to move up, right? There's, there's no way, no. I mean, who, I'm trying to think who else is hanging around at 154. That someone wants to see him, though. Somebody has been saying he wants to see him. Who? Bud Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh my gosh! I, I was <laughs> taking Bob Crawford said once he faces Spence and yeah, becomes undisputed, <laughs> he's going to go up and beat Mel's ass as well. <laughs> yeah, openly uh, called him out. Yeah. Um, okay. Apart from Crawford, in terms of actual genuine, I'm trying to think genuine 154 pounders who are out there. You don't. Uh, you don't want to see that. Mel, I would love to I, see. I, I do want to see it, but. I, I, I'm I'm focused on Bud versus Spence first, so yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. let's get that first before yeah, I see it. I'm not putting chickens. I'm not putting any Bud's name in any fight again until I see Spence. That's it. I don't care about anyone else. Just yeah. give me Bud Spence. Like that's what I care about. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm just trying to. Think, I feel like it, I'm trying. The names are escaping me in 154, but even if Charlo does this, I, I do think just move up to 160. Um, once you once you unify the, I mean, once you become undisputed in division, that's that's like game complete, right? Like it's done. Um, um, you do want to. I think it's always cool to defend your undisputed title. Like, you think, okay, a, yeah, yeah. Two, yeah have one yeah. fight where you have all your four belts, defend it, and then you, you know, just just break. You know, obviously have all four of them hanging off your arm. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Just to be announced as the undisputed champion. Yeah, is, true, true. And then coming with that flex, defend it, and then we can see. But yeah, you, you know, I. Yeah, so gone. You know, I always scream. Uh, we still want to see the, the Tony Harrison rematch. Yes, true. So, so that'd be, that'd true. be a great one to, to defend. <laughs> yeah, defend against. Um, there, there are some good 
young name, there's a young brother. I think we probably put on our um our prospect list. I don't know how I think we did. You know Xander Zayas? Yeah. The Puerto Rican, but I can't remember yeah. if I put him on the list, but yeah, we did. Obviously, we obviously did. he's a super, super talented prospect, one thing for mm-hmm. but he's only like 13 fights in. It's probably too soon for him. He's probably the yeah. one who's gonna take over once Mel goes, I think. So Tim Zoo. Tim Zoo as well, yes, good prospect. Yeah, like I said, but these guys are prospects, they're not there yet. I think to fight, I think it's too early to fight Mel at the moment. Um oh. but yeah, maybe yeah, maybe you have one fight. If it is Harrison, that's nice, where he, you know, has undisputed belts there before going to move up. And yeah, 160 could be an interesting division for Mel. I, obviously, I don't know if he will fight his brother. Um, I know you said they've got into it before, but <laughs> they beef each other. <laughs> but it'd be interesting to see if you know if he you know throws himself in the you know in the hat with these other 160 pounders. But um, yeah, no, good achievement for Mel. Um, and funnily enough, even though I deem Mal to be the talented one, the more talented one, the scarier one, the better of, of the two. If Mel becomes undisputed, he's, he's had a better career so far. Think about it. Yeah. But that's that's mainly because... What, Mal moved up? <laughs> that's basically because everyone at 160 yeah. um, and above is waiting around on Canelo. Canelo. <laughs> None of them are fighting each other. As, as we said in this problem before, all roads lead to Canelo. <laughs> they're just they're just waiting around in that L- literally so. flows just just literally waiting around trying to protect their own to fight to you know finesse their way to a Canelo fight it's nasty it's a yeah, nasty it, it's nasty that's why man. I don't even want to see him at 160 uh, if you're going up to 160 to fight people yeah then fair enough like there's great fights available in those divisions but these men aren't fighting each other so I don't know what and once again I've, I've said the Charles are older than Canelo so they can even look at retirement with the- <laughs> yeah Nah, they're only 31, they're still young, but um, yeah, they're still, they're still fights. Maybe you could have a few more at 154, defend it against Sueva if he wins. Yeah, uh, maybe it's a close fight and they have a rematch with Castagna. I think at least one defense. Yeah, I'm still, okay. I'm still like to see Crawford if that happens, <laughs> but I'm not excited for 160 because they, they're just all on the couch over there, they're chilling. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you just add chucking another name into the hat that's not going to do anything. So yeah, yeah. And the PBC they want to keep it in house. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> they want to keep it in house. So <laughs> I'll tell you before though. Yeah, if Charlo moves up, Mel moves up, and Canelo smokes one brother and then smokes the other brother <laughs> like straight after. Do you know how funny that would be? Like he takes them both out. That'd be so funny. He's been doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Liam Swift is at one fifty four still. And yeah. he just off the back of a big win. Yeah, good win for him. Yeah, yeah. Curl <laughs> got down both brothers. <laughs> one at one fifty four, and one at one sixty eight. Yeah, rude, crazy, rude, rude. Crazy. Um, before we wrap up, actually, um, obviously you brought a certain boxer's tweet to my attention not too long ago. Uh, <laughs> now that the triple, you know, triple G kind of kind of fight seems to be in scuppered. You know, the ever, ever ready. Chris Eubank Jr. has thrown himself into his name into the hat. <laughs> As usual, more tweets than fights. <laughs> more tweets than title shots. Yeah, he now wants to fight Triple G too. Um, I'm not surprised. Are you? <laughs> are you? <laughs> we know what this guy's on. Um, yeah, he's guy's a joker. Obviously, Kel Brook recently retired. Yeah. Farewell to Kel Brook. Um, great Shout out career. to Kel. Great career. In fact, um, Probably could have achieved more, but another day. We'll yeah. Another day. Yeah. Um, 
And that was a fight Chris Eubank, well, one of the fights Chris Eubank no, was taking. Yeah, he, he called that, didn't he call out, was it Crawford he called out? Yeah, huh? Crawford, Crawford, yep. could have been. Yep. <laughs> it's, no, no quality, anything of a pulse, this guy wants to, wants to fight apparently. I just tweets, man. He had this chance, Triple G, he lost his pen. That was your big moment, you blew it. So, don't, don't feel no ways Triple G airs you. He's probably looking for something else. I don't think he, I don't think he cares about no Chris Eubank Jr. He's going to sit on the couch. He's going to sit, pause, and, and just chill. I just wait for Canelo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I want to see it. Chris Eubank, I'll, I'll watch make it. it happen. I'll watch it, but I it don't see it happening. Happen. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I don't think it's happening, but I, I, will, I would watch it if it, if it gets made. Um, questions will be asked of both fighters, actually. <laughs> <laughs> So imagine your reaction if, if Chris Eubank is piecing up Triple G. But at the same time, Chris Eubank could get his head bopped off. I can't <laughs> lie. So. Yeah. Quite I'm easily. Bad, I, I badly want to see it. Because whoever <laughs> loses is getting killed by me. Whatever happens, Flo's wins, yeah? Whatever happens. Eating good. Oh, cool. Let's, let's, let's call it a day there. Um, yeah, good episode. Once again, I mean, Dimitri Bivol. Hats off, man. Beautiful boxing performance. Shout out to him. Light and shout, and shout out to Canelo as well. He'll, he'll be back and he'll go again. Trust me. <laughs> um, but yeah. Shout out Bivol, man. <laughs> He's a G. I, his post-fight his post comments as well were sick as well. Like, he was like, oh yeah, thank you for everyone who betted on me. And he said, oh, Eddie, I'm sorry for messing up the Triple G plans. Yeah, man. <laughs> driller. Real driller. Probably some money. But... <laughs> Bookies for you. The bookies are slouches, but they don't watch boxing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been episode eighty-nine of Strategies and Podcasts. Once again, I've been your boy Cam. Your boy flows. And make sure you keep liking, subscribing, and following us. Peace. <laughs>